Roger, your lot clear here also. Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We are in our series, uh, Gravity, and right now, I don't know if you can hear this at all of our sites, but there's a lot of coins uh, affected by gravity going in the offering right now for the kids' ministry, for Go Kids. Do we love the kids at River Valley Church? Here at all the campuses, we love the kids. And I love that people are pouring their change in there for their Kingdom Builders uh, goal. I'm going to try to preach with what sounds like a bank going on with all those coins. Uh, Anyways, and... uh, I, I just pray that you, if you have coins that you want to bring into church, bring them in this week, and the kids will count that towards their goal for Kingdom Builders. And I love the Kingdom Builders. It's something that we're all involved in. Now, this Gravity series, um, just as you've realized, had nothing to do with the movie Gravity, had nothing to do with John Mayer's song about gravity, but it has everything to do with you soaring at the heights you were made for. It's about you soaring. It's about us being set free from sin's gravitational pull. It's about us realizing there's freedom in Jesus. And I do wanna uh, make sure everybody's aware, the Freedom Encounter, this is something that is happening right at the end of this series, November 15th and 16th at the Shakopee campus. You can sign up for that at our website. I know last time that I announced this in the sermon, uh, almost 100 people signed up that day. So I want you to sign up. We have room for you. We want you to break free from sin's gravitational pull on your life. You were made for more. So I love that in this series last week, we talked about the thousands of people that make River Valley work, that volunteer and serve and use their gifts and talents. And there were just amazing testimonies of people's lives that were set free from the power of sin at every campus. All the campus pastors were giving me feedback. They said, there's something powerful about a testimony. Wouldn't you agree? There's just something powerful when somebody shares. And and sometimes when we uh, have a, a response time at the end of the service, we might say, close your eyes and bow your heads and raise your hands. And And I'll say, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. One person came up to me afterwards, they said, are all those people really raising their hands? I said, of course they are. They're really raising their hands. Lives are being changed. People are being set free. And uh, it's great to hear it. And uh, can we just thank God again for the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that have been set free at River Valley Church. Now, I do want to say that the bonus video is available. If you haven't seen it yet, the bonus video footage between uh, Jim Bradford, uh, Richard Hammer, and myself. If you go to the River Valley YouTube channel, you may not realize this, but we have a YouTube channel. And I'm so thankful that our our team put it there. Uh, They're putting all my sermons there and putting them out every week. And so that's going to keep building as another opportunity for people to just be impacted by what this church does. But if you've not had an opportunity to see it, there's an, more amazing content there. And uh, again, thank you to Jim Bradford and Richard Hammer. So all this gravity talk has got me thinking about um, the gravitational, well, direction of the Lord Jesus, like his life. He's in heaven and he comes to earth. And so I started thinking about the gravitational direction of all the things that happen. So if you could just humor me for a moment and stay with me on this. Um, the Bible tells us that Jesus was with God the Father in heaven. 
okay? Jesus, there's lots of scriptures, but Jesus actually prays this in scripture in John 17, five. He says, and now Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So Jesus is on earth and he said, before the world began, I was with you. I had glory in your presence. I was up in heaven. But the Bible tells us then he came down to earth. Okay, and we celebrate that at Christmas. Um, I'll read this scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus is up in heaven and then he comes down to earth into this gravitational pull. Philippians chapter two talks about this in verse six. It says, talking about Jesus, it says, Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here he is, he's in heaven. And then the Bible tells us that he comes to earth. And we celebrate with Christmas that he came to this earth, God with us. But Paul gives us insight into this in Philippians, talking about really the distance, that he humbled himself with a great humility. Uh, the philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said this about this descent. He said, to be the individual human being or an individual human or, or an individual human being is the greatest possible distance, the infinitely qualitative distance from being God. He's very smart. And he was saying, it's as big as you can get. The gravitational distance, the biggest distance where God was in sending Jesus, it was the biggest distance up down that could be possibly made on earth. And there's lots of ups and downs. As I look through the Bible, I looked at the ups and downs of, of Jesus' life. And some were simple, like he went up to Jerusalem. He lived down in Nazareth. And if you know the geography, it was up to Jerusalem, down to Nazareth. We know that he went down in the water for water baptism. We know that he came up out of the water. We know as soon as he came up out of the water that the devil tried to drag him down into temptation. And we thank God that he didn't fall for the temptation. And I just want to say this, um, just as a side note with ups and downs, because I look at our life and I see that I have ups and downs and ups and downs. I don't just live all up, all right? But I have ups and downs. I have more ups than downs. And I've noticed this in my life, just like in the life of Jesus, sometimes when there's an incredible up, how many know there's an incredible up, the devil wants to take you down after incredible ups. You know, Jesus is having this moment. God the Father speaking, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. It's an up moment. And then the devil tries to take him from this up moment down. When I was a youth pastor, I used to tell all the counselors, I used to say, on the night of the breakthrough, the kids are going to try to break out. All right, so watch them in their room. As soon as we have the breakthrough spiritually, they're all going to try to break out and have mischief. It's like they have the greatest up, and then the devil wants to bring them to the lowest down. Don't let it happen. Keep an eye on them. So something happens like that. But we see in the Bible, then he went up on the cross in a gravitational pull. It says, the, you know, I look at this, I realize the world sees that as down, but I see that as up. Jesus went up on the cross. And for all who believe, the Bible says, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. And then they went, he went from up on the cross to down in the grave. Up, down, you're catching this. Up, down, up, down, down in the grave. John 19, 42, it says, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. But then how many know he didn't stay down? That deserved a better amen or some excitement. 
You're all still thinking about Christmas. You're getting to the, no, but he didn't stay down. He came up from the grave. The Bible tells us that he was victorious. In Matthew 28, 6, it says, he's not here, he is risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And then the Bible tells us that he's up from there. And then what does the Bible say then? It says, then he breaks gravitational pull and he goes up, up. Let's just call it up, up. And he goes into heaven in Acts 1, 9. It says, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. So the disciples are watching them. And if you have a chance to go to Israel, you'll be in Jerusalem at the Mount of Ascension where Jesus left this earth and goes up into heaven, but he doesn't stay up. How many know the Bible says he's coming back down? And Revelation 19 says he's coming back this time on a white horse and his eyes look like fire. And, and if you have never read it before, read it in Revelation 19. He says he's coming back with power and with authority. And, and there's all sorts of scriptures talking about Jesus coming back. It's an up, down, up, down. He's coming back down. In 1 Thessalonians 4:16, it says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Let me read verse 17. I don't know if they have it, but it says, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. All the believers, it says, in that moment when Jesus comes back again, are going to be caught up in the air with the Lord. Sin will no longer have a gravitational pull on you. It'll be over. This world will lose its pull, lose its effect on you. You'll be caught up and all the believers go up, up, and we have a, a life of victory. And I think about it. He was up. He came down, ups and downs and ups and downs. My life, ups and downs, and it ends for the believer in an up, up. And until then, let's keep helping as many people as we can break sin's gravitational pull. Let's do everything we can to not just celebrate like, hey, isn't it great we end on an up? Let's, let's be excited about that, but let's also rejoice that we have an opportunity to help other people find faith in Jesus Christ and end on an up as well. Amen? Amen. Um, that wasn't the sermon or the introduction. And everybody at Minnetrista campus just got really nervous right now, but I'll, I'll stay in time. But I just couldn't miss that. I just, as I was studying this, I was, he came down, he goes up. I just... Man, I thank God that this world, I'm telling you, there are days in my life that I've thought, man, this world and the gravitational pull has me down. Who will deliver me? Who will get, and Jesus Christ delivered me. Jesus Christ set me free. And my life ends on an up and so does yours. Now, this is where I want to go with what we have remaining today and in this series. Um, when I interviewed Richard Hammer and I talked with uh, Jim Bradford in week one of Gravity, it was on uh, the video, we talked about astronauts floating in space and uh, we had talked about zero gravity. We, we feel like the reason they float in space is zero gravity. And I don't think they put it on the video because I said it before that and then they said, no, that's wrong. And so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna say that on video. And, uh, but there's no such thing as zero gravity. There's no such thing as zero gravity everything. There's always gravity. No matter where we are, there's always gravity. Matter of fact, if there wasn't gravity, things would not be held together. Our sun has the most uh, gravitational pull uh, in our solar system. It has 99.86% of the weight of our solar system. So the gravitational pull of our sun right now in our solar system is, is really pulling everything and keeping everything uniform and keeping it together, if you will. 
Now, the reasons that astronauts uh, experience this weightlessness, uh, which is really not zero gravity, it's because as they're accelerating around the Earth, they're accelerating at a speed that, that counteracts this free fall. It's a free fall acceleration. And again, if you remember in the video um, with them, I, I, I was talking about, yeah, that's why a Christian can't let up. They got to keep moving forward. If they don't keep moving forward in the power of God, you know, they'll crash back. And if you remember Richard Hammer, the really smart guy, well, they're both really smart. Uh, he said, that's good. And I, I just have that on loop at my house right now. Just reaffirming me, just reaffirming, you know? Uh, I felt like he was like, you're almost in my world. You're almost, you know. But here's the point that I want to get at. And I want to talk to you about this. It's a term that you don't hear a lot anymore. It's a term that I grew up hearing all the time. You got to keep moving forward. We don't want you to backslide. How many heard the term backslide? You heard the term backslide? Sure. Talking about going backwards. I don't want you to backslide. I want you to keep moving forward. I want you to understand that there's always a gravitational pull back to this earth. There's always a gravitational pull back to the things that, that once held you. They always want you to come back to them. And you have to have this free fall acceleration, if you will. You've got to keep moving at a speed that keeps you from crashing back to the things that you were once in. Jesus has given you the power to break free from those things. And it's so sad when you watch people that had the, the power and they were orbiting around and they were making a difference for God. And then all of a sudden something happened. Something happened and a little backsliding happened. A little bit of, of looking at the world, a little bit of stopping what they were doing. And all of a sudden they didn't realize it, but there's always gravity and they thought they were fine. And then all of a sudden they come crashing back. Billy Graham said this, he said, we always have to fight against backsliding. We gotta just keep moving forward and having a, a velocity that's strong enough that keeps us moving forward in Christ and saying, God, I desire to keep walking for you and living for you and moving at a speed that doesn't go back to my old ways. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the apostle Paul is writing, he says, my dear friends, stand firm and don't be shaken. Always keep busy working for the Lord. You know that everything you do for him is worthwhile. He's saying, keep busy, keep moving. You got to keep going forward. We're warned to stay away from idle people in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6. It says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, keep away from every believer who's idle and disruptive and doesn't live according to the teaching you receive from us. He's like, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. He talks about people, the Apostle Paul talks about people that were early on, that were there with him. He talks about a guy by the name of Demas. He said, Demas has forsaken me. He loved this present world so much. He was orbiting for God and something happened. Something happened. Demas has forsaken me and he's gone back. And he's given us a warning like, keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward in the fuel that God has given you. Keep moving forward in this velocity because gravity is trying to pull you back. And my desire as your pastor is that no one would backslide, that every single one of us would stay on fire for God, that we'd keep the fuel up. We'd keep moving forward. And I'm just asking you to just look inside your life today. Are you closer to God? Are you hotter for God? Are you, I mean, I'm not just saying, are you more vocal for God? Like you have to yell to prove that you're not backslidden. But I'm just saying, is there an ability? Do you feel more fuel? Do you feel like God's moving you forward? Are you stepping into what he's planned for your life? Or are you pulling back? 
Where are you at with this? I desire more than anything that our church would move forward and stay fueled up and fired up and moving forward and not drifting back away. Sin's gravitational pull desires to crash us, every single one. I I just think about this, and there's an article called The Current Opinion in Psychology. They're talking about the dangers of idleness. And uh, these two uh, psychology majors, they were talking about the danger of idleness, idleness, and they said, people are frequently idle when they have nothing to do or have low engagement in external tasks. During idleness, the mind wanders and resorts to its default mode, generating stimulus-independent thoughts that are typically internally oriented, yet not specifically focused. Idleness is aversive, not only because it highlights the waste of a primary resource, but also because it results in boredom and anxiety. Furthermore, chronic idleness may impair psychological and physical well-being. Was saying we weren't made to be idle. We were made to be going forward. We were made to be taking ground. We were made to always move forward. And I'll tell you, that's what type of church you're in right now. You're in a church that says we're moving forward. We're going to take new ground. We're going to do kingdom builders. We're going to start another campus. We're going to keep reaching the next one and the next one. We'll start another service. Why? Because we don't want you to be idle. We think when people are idle, all of a sudden something happens in their life that takes them down that gravitational pull. And Paul's saying, just keep, keep moving forward, keep moving, keep abounding. I don't know about, me, about you, but have you ever noticed like when people are in great physical shape and then they retire and then it's like all of a sudden they fall off the cliff and you're like, what just happened? Now, some of it could be just that they're older, but I've just noticed where people are like going so strong and then all of a sudden they, ta-da, the reward of being retired. And then being retired, a lot of people are like bored or all of a sudden their physical well-being just goes down. And I'm like, stay active. That's why Becca said, you're never retiring. She's like, I'm going to keep you busy the rest of your life. I'm like, all right, let's do this. How many think I'm going to retire? Yeah, the, the friend of like, not a chance. Someday it's going to happen, but not anytime soon. I'm going to keep moving forward. You are made to go forward. Do you know the speed that that spaceship is traveling around the earth? In order for a rocket, a spaceship, space shuttle, whatever would be out there to be traveling around, it has to be going at 18,000 kilometers per hour, about 11,000 miles per hour. It is flying around the earth. It is flying at a speed to keep things going so it doesn't come crashing down. And I believe you were made to stay in orbit. I believe you were made to go at a speed where God's uh, joy would fill your life, that the things of this world don't pull you back. And I want to give you a couple things that will fuel you to keep you in orbit. The first thing is this, rejoice in the gospel. Rejoice in the gospel. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. It's the power of God rejoicing in the gospel, rejoicing in the fact that you're saved. When was the last time you just woke up and thanked God, thank you for saving me? Thank you for saving me. Matter of fact, I pray a virtue over our children every single day and our daughter-in-law every single day. And on the first of every month, the the thing I pray over them is for, I rejoice in their salvation. Every month, on the first of the month, I'm rejoicing in their salvation. You know what that does? It brings me fuel. 
It brings me fuel to stay in orbit because I thank God for the price that Jesus paid and I'm celebrating and rejoicing in the gospel. I'll tell you another thing, sharing the gospel. When you share, how many know that will keep you in orbit? That will fuel you. Some of you say, well, my fuel is running low. I feel like I'm getting a little too close to earth. I feel like I'm losing. I might be entering terminal velocity. I'll tell you what, you go out and start sharing the gospel and all of a sudden there's new fuel. There's new power to orbit. There's, if you haven't done it in a while, I encourage you to do that. I mean, I've been sharing with people and our servers. And I met a server uh, just the other day at a restaurant and, and she was new to our country and everything. I said, you should come. We believe in the power of Jesus. I mean, this is, my life has been changed by this. And I was sharing a little bit and she was lit. And I'm just telling you, it was exciting at dinner. I mean, we're eating dinner. We're kind of jittery. I'm just, you share the gospel, share the gospel, celebrate, rejoice in the gospel, and that will keep you in orbit. You know what also keep you in orbit? Keep you fueled up? Worship. You worship. When you worship, it will keep you in orbit. It will keep you fueled up. I think about this in Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they are out preaching the gospel. They are going 11,000 miles an hour. They are going and going, and they get thrown in prison, and they're in, their, in prison, and they're like, well, we can't, we can't move around anymore. You can't share with anybody. We already shared with all the prisoners. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want to do? And it's like, we should sing. We should sing. How many know? They're singing in prison. And they're singing, you know, let faith rise up in Jesus. Probably not, but they were something like that. And you are the living God. And they're singing. And all of a sudden the, the doors open. God's like, guess what? I've got a plan. You're getting back into a speed to share the gospel. Share the gospel with the jailer. Lead his family to faith in Jesus Christ. I've got something for you. I'm telling you right now, if you're running low on fuel and you feel like you're slipping, get into worship. Get to the worship night. Get into God's presence in that way. Have worship nights, have worship moments. I travel with a little Bose speaker everywhere I go. I just put it in the bag, travel with it, and I turn my room into a praise and worship place, and I am worshiping God, and I'm having that time. You know why? Because I want to be fueled up. When I get around an ocean or a mountain or a lake or even a forest, I get charged up worshiping Jesus, and I get fuel to stay in orbit. Don't lose that moment. Matter of fact, I just want to ask this question. I just had this thought. Some of you maybe used to worship God, both hands up, and used to be all there. And for some reason, you just kind of like, you're here. I'm saying get back into full orbit. Get fueled up. Get fired up. Man, get those hands up. Get, praise God and find another level to have that fuel filling your life. But worship, it fuels you up. And please don't be late to worship. Please don't be late to the worship part of our service where you're, you're coming in with the singing and the praise and the worship. Get here and get fueled up so it keeps you in orbit. Here's another thing, the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit keeps you powered up? The Holy Spirit keeps you powered up. In Acts 1.8, it says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's saying power to move, power to orbit. God's whole plan was I'm gonna give you power not to leave it on the launch pad. 
I'm giving you power so that when you get that power, you will start orbiting around this earth. You'll go to everyone. That's why we're so driven with global teams and getting the word out and giving to missions and to kingdom builders. We believe that God wants us to have that speed and moving around the world and let's go. Let's do the next thing. Let's reach the next person and the next person and the next person. We have the power to move, the power to orbit and to keep us going. It's, it's right there once we have that power of the Holy Spirit. Another thing that can keep you in orbit is a faithful friend. How many know that a faithful friend can keep you in orbit? You get involved in a life group and all of a sudden you're slipping and I, I get this picture of like one of those, you know, space movies and you know, the, the line breaks free and the person scoots over there and with their little jet pack and rescues you, brings you back in. Say, I mean, seriously, there's times where you're losing it. And a friend comes along and says, I've got you. I will pick you up. A life group is there. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You are made to have friends that will help you stay in orbit and not let the things of this world pull you back into the gravitational pull. One more, serving, giving, and loving. Serving, giving, and loving. I put them all together. I didn't know how much time I would have here. So I threw them all in that last one. But I would say this, are you serving enough to keep up your velocity? There's something about it when you're serving that there's something about you staying in orbit that you're not drifting backwards. But when you're serving and all of a sudden something, you're giving something out of you, there's something that God puts more of himself in you as you're giving away and using your gift. Are you giving enough to keep your velocity? How many know that money has the ability to slow down your velocity? It does. It has a gravitational pull on us. It has a gravitational pull. And I forget whoever it was, but I, I think it was John or Charles Wesley was talking about how much wealth somebody had. And they said, it's kind of sad, the gravitational pull that all that wealth has on them. They should lighten the load. And I'll tell you what, when you start giving, how many know that it fuels you and it starts lighting the, lightening the load and all of a sudden you're giving at a level that says, I'm keeping my velocity. I, I like our giving to try to keep going up and keep going up and keep going up. I'm trying to increase my velocity so I don't slip backwards. Are you giving enough to keep your velocity? And then are you loving enough to keep your velocity? Man, when you start loving, man, the velocity, you're keeping the velocity going and you're, you're, you're continuing in that orbit and you're continuing to do what God has called you to do. You're, you're serving, you're giving, you're loving. There's no such thing as zero gravity. There's no such thing as zero gravity. And there's, there's, we have to be on guard that we don't fall, that we don't uh, slip away. And I don't want us to live in fear, but I want us to have a, a check to realize that if we're not moving forward, we might be moving backwards. We might be losing our velocity as we orbit around this earth, as we live our lives for Jesus. And I want us to look inside. And I would say to anybody here that is backsliding, it's time for you to wake up again and stoke up the heat again. It's time for you to stoke up the heat again and to say, God, I desire to be on fire for you again. I'm speaking to all of our campuses and I know that it just creeps in and a coldness comes on us. 
uh, 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 just, we stop doing the things we know we should do that keep up our velocity. There have been people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you haven't used your prayer language in months and months and months. It's time for you to stir up the, the, the gift that is there by the laying on of hands. It's time for you to stir it up and to no longer say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I've got enough. Man, the gravitational pull of this world wants to pull us back. And I'm speaking right now, I would never embarrass anybody, but I would speak to all the people that would say, I feel that. I'm not as close to Jesus as I used to be. I feel like I'm slipping. I've lost some of my orbital velocity. I've lost a little bit of the edge. I've stopped doing the things that once got me to where I am. And I'm speaking to you and saying today at all the services, would you make your way to a prayer team member and say, I need to increase the speed. I need to increase the heat in my life. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to be a casualty. I don't want let, to let sin's gravity pull me back into the things that Jesus set me free from. It's a very serious thing. It breaks my heart when I see people that used to walk with Jesus that walk away. And I, if I could, I would tether myself to the church and go after every single one of them. But I'm saying if you're in this service right now and that's you, I'm calling you back. I'm calling you to increase the heat, to increase the velocity, and to get back because we don't want to see anyone lost. We don't want to see anyone crash. We want to see everyone live the abundant life, to abound in the good works, to live on the speed of what the Holy Spirit promises to give us, to go into all the world and do greater things than what Jesus said. Man, you were made to soar in Jesus' name. And if you're backsliding, I'm saying come home in Jesus' name. Get fired up again in Jesus' name. The beautiful thing, the Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've been sinning, if you had things that have clogged you up and have caused you to just come crashing back into earth. The Bible is saying, if you confess it, he'll forgive you, he'll restore you, and you don't have to live in fear of backsliding. You can live in that abundant, soaring life in Jesus' name. So God, I'm praying right now for all those at all of our campuses. I just pray we'd live with the, the power of the Holy Spirit, with the power that you've given us that's available. I pray that we would not live in a way that would pull us back to this earth, but we live in a way that says we're lifting other people out from the power of sin. We're living, lifting other people out and helping them, Lord Jesus, to break free. Fuel us up again. Let us worship. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us stir up the gifts that are in us by the laying on of hands. Let us talk to our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our friends, and let them encourage each other and, and build each other up. I pray, Lord Jesus, we'd be thankful for the power of the gospel, the, the power of saving grace that set us free. And we rejoice in that and that would fuel us up every day. But God, I speak to the backslider. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. When we started this church, I prayed there'd be a great anointing on the altar calls that would be given for people to come home and to say yes to Jesus. People that drifted away would realize they, they are welcome back. They are welcome back and they were made to soar in Jesus' name. So I'm praying today that our altars would be filled with people saying, I wanna soar again. I don't wanna slip, I don't wanna slide. I wanna soar and be powered up in Jesus' name. So I'm praying for that and believing for that, that people would say yes to you for the first time and they'd say yes again, God. They desire to be fueled up and restored. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.